Support for Speaking of Travel comes from Asheville Regional Airport, Western North Carolina's gateway to the world. Your safety when traveling to and from Asheville is, and always will be, our top priority. Visit flyavl.com for all your current travel information. Prestige Subaru, offering a variety of new and pre-owned all-wheel drive Subarus, built with the zero landfill promise. All waste is recycled or reused. With more at PrestigeSubaru.com. Asheville Rooftop Bar Tours, an award-winning tour showcasing Asheville's spectacular rooftop views and fascinating city history. Enjoy handcrafted drinks and delicious food with reserved seating and transportation included. Visit AshevilleRooftopBarTours.com. RomanticAsheville.com. Create your perfect vacation in the land of the sky with the region's most popular online travel guide. Plan your next getaway to Asheville and the North Carolina Blue Ridge Mountains by visiting RomanticAsheville.com. And by Home Trust Bank. Dream travel requires smart financial planning. Get ready for what's next with a local banking partner you can trust. Dream big with Home Trust Bank. Visit htb.com. Welcome to Speaking of Travel with Marilyn Ball. Sit back and be carried away to places around the world and right here in our own backyard. No passport required. Hi, this is Marilyn Ball. Welcome to Speaking of Travel right here on iHeartRadio 570 WWNC. And remember, you can always listen to this episode of Speaking of Travel or any past episode with a simple click on the Speaking of Travel website, that's speakingoftravel.net, and on all your favorite podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app, Buzzsprout, Pandora, and Amazon. And be sure when you visit speakingoftravel.net to sign up for the Travel Club. You'll receive travel news, helpful tips, and links to stories from people who are sustainable tourism champions and helping to transform tourism's impact on nature and people. It's no secret people are ready to get out and travel again, and we're already seeing a huge uptick with travelers focusing more on the outdoors and beginning to visit places a little bit off the beaten track. And what this could mean for many destinations is hopefully seeing travelers more engaged and thinking about how to be more mindful and sustainable travelers. Today, we're continuing the Speaking of Travel plus Leave No Trace series with Richard Crawford, host of the Amazon Prime TV series, Leave No Trace, to help us highlight the importance of conservation, sustainable travel, and ecotourism, and to inspire our actions through environmental stewardship. And Ricky, it is so great to have you back on Speaking of Travel. It's great to be back, Marilyn. Very happy to be back. And and now we're back again with a guest this time. So, you know, three again. Perfect. I love it. So, Ricky, why don't you introduce Glenn? And I have a lot of backstory here, too, about who he is. But you brought him here to us. And, and let's find out more about him. Yeah, I'm actually really excited to have Glenn on here because... Since day one, since we started uh, Leave No Trace, one of the first organizations I reached out to 
was the Finca Rosa Blanca in Costa Rica. I haven't been, I had not been successful for about three years. Um, not that it's Glenn's fault. Glenn's a very busy man. And I was actually going through the wrong channels trying to get a hold of him. But that was literally, I saw that I had won all kinds of awards for ecotourism and sustainability. And that's the first place we wanted to go. And I've always wanted to go to Costa Rica anyway. So I'm really, really excited. I, I talked to, to Glenn a few weeks ago. Looks like it might happen in season two. Um, we're just finalizing some stuff, but very, very excited to, to have him on. Welcome, Glenn. Thank you very much, Richard. Great to be with you in Maryland, too. Richard and Glenn, it's just such a, a pleasure to have you both here on Speaking of Travel. And Glenn, you really have a long history of sustainability and ecotourism and really being a part of really a global movement of advocacy. Let's talk a little bit about that. I'd love to get a little of your backstory and what even brought you to this place right now. Well, I mean, I've, I get asked this question sometimes when I'm in uh, conferences or I'm doing questions and answers. And because I'm also involved in agriculture with my uh, organic coffee, people often will ask me, well, it's, it's kind of interesting that you're you know, partially involved with ecotourism and sustainable tourism, and you're also a farmer. How did that uh, mesh occur? And I always uh, give them the short answer, which is I went to uh, UC Berkeley in the late 60s. I mean, that should tell you, you know, tree hugger on one side, little bit of a farmer on the other. Um, but, you know, I'm from that generation, uh, you know, the, the anti-Vietnam War. Um, we saw the impact of, uh, you know, capitalism going a little bit in the wrong direction, not that we're anti-capitalist, but that we wanted to fix it. And that meant, uh, you know, other concerns. And, you know, I was also moved a lot by books by like Rachel Carson's Silent Spring and uh, began to notice that uh, we weren't being very kind to our planet and tried to do in a small format and in a small way what I could. And, uh, you know, when I moved to Costa Rica, uh, we started our project in 1985, Finca Rosa Blanca. Um, we decided consciously to make an effort to be as responsible as we possibly could with the information we had at the time. So you've been there for a really long time and, and probably were one of the first settlers, if you will, of uh, organic farming and, and being one with the land. Well, certainly in terms of the uh, hotel, which is in the coffee farm, we were probably one of the first, if not the first boutique hotel that melded all the uh, excitement and adventure that Costa Rica had with its biodiversity and its incredible progressive consciousness about the environment with a more upscale and uh, artistic, aesthetic experience in the um, the hotel part of it. So that certainly was um, just out of my artistic sense. I, I, I'm an artist. I have been my whole life. My career was as an artist before I started with being a hotelier. So um, the, the vision I had for our hotel when we were building, it was really based on an aesthetic, uh, uh, you know, interesting, attractive, uh, art-filled experience. In terms of the agriculture, uh, Costa Ricans were using organic uh, methodology for a uh, hundred years uh, in their farms. They were mostly shade grown. They were uh, 
uh, low impact in somewhere in the 70s, uh, the USAID came around to Costa Rica and said, you know, if you cut all of these trees down and give more sun to the coffee farm, you'll certainly get a bigger yield uh, and have more product to sell. And if you have any problems with the uh, broken ecology, we have a lot of chemicals we can give you also that will help stop that. So, you know, there was this complete turnaround of this sort of mom and pop, wonderful, high quality coffee farm to a, you know, a quest for larger volume and then getting uh, caught up in the, the whole cycle of the purchasing agrochemicals and things like that. Well, that's a good segue to a question that I'd been thinking about, and, and that has to do with sustainability and how it relates to ethical decision-making and social responsibility. So with all that said, how, how were they able to move forward, and, and how were you able to start becoming more of an advocate for making ethical decisions? Well, you know, in the in the hotel part, in the in the tourism part, we've been Costa Rica is a leader in the world uh, in terms of their consciousness, how they work. Our certification for sustainable tourism is famous for being one of the most complete uh, certification programs in the world. It's owned and run by the government who pays for it. So there's no cost to anybody. And it's part of our country brand. So the ethical decision-making that's necessary sometimes to make the right choice in terms of where you're going, where you're going to stay, um, has a little that built in in the uh, culture of Costa Rica and the offer that the country uh, gives to the to public when they're looking for places to visit. Um, a, a friend of mine, Judy Kefergona from Kenya, once said, a good place to live is a good place to visit. And I, I always like that concept because, you know, we're business people trying to make a living and also at the same time uh, trying to sleep well at night. Uh, and the ethical part of it uh, becomes quite easy when you actually believe that you can make a difference and that you can help educate people to also make choices that are uh, a little bit less abusive sometimes to uh, the planet or even the place where they're visiting. So uh, this was something that you, you have to build in uh, to, what, to your, your infrastructure, but not necessarily market as your only offering. Well, that makes sense. Ricky, do you have anything uh, on your mind? Because you're going to be going there hopefully next year. What is something that you would want to find out? Uh, well, first, I'm really excited to come taste the coffee. <laughs> that, that's that's for sure no I'm, I'm just really excited to go down there and experience it firsthand knowing that um it was one of the first places out there both, both as a country and specifically to glenn and what he's built there one of the first places there that kind of embraced the ecotourism and the sustainability and now uh, just to segue probably into the next section regenerative tourism which which is the big step i think well, when we come back from the break, let's start right there and, and talk about that and, and really talk more, too, about the collaboration, Glenn, I think is so important to bring up as we go into our next segment, because you are working with people from around the world and really helping to bring all of this more to the main, mainstream. And I, 
for that, I'm very appreciative, as we all are. So we'll look forward to, to coming back. My guest today is Glenn Jampal and Richard Crawford from Leave No Trace TV. And we will be right back. Travel is on the rise these days, and significant trips require smart financial planning. That's why Home Trust Bank is a valuable investment resource. They're a local, community-focused partner who can help manage your finances so your dream trip can become a reality. Travel light and leave your money worries behind. Connect with your local Home Trust Bank team member or visit htb.com. Home Trust Bank, helping you get ready for what's next. Fly me to the moon Let me play among the stars And let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars In other words Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. I'm your host, Marilyn Ball. And my guest today is Richard Crawford. We are doing the Speaking of Travel plus Leave No Trace series. And Ricky is the host of the Amazon Prime TV series, Leave No Trace. And here today with us is Glenn Jampal. He is speaking to us from Costa Rica. And Glenn, it is so great to have you on the show today. Thank you, Marilyn. And thank you, Richard. It's great to be with you both because I think we're all of the same uh, cloth. I think so, too. And I think being able to advocate for mindful travel, sustainable tourism, ecotourism, all of these are so important as we begin to get out of that paused place where we've been as far as travel and start traveling again as better travelers. And Ricky, let's talk a little bit about that because you've been paused for a while, not traveling, but using this time really productively to look at where you want to go next and what are some of the what are some of the issues that you really want to address as you move forward? Yes, so absolutely. Obviously, we were actually supposed to be filming already for the last two or three months, and, and it's not happened. But luckily, we are going to get to film, and early next year it starts again. And I, I cannot wait to get out and get going again. Um, obviously, outside of some of the travel-related issues, I, I, I don't see a lot of problems getting to places, hopefully, by January and February. And um, What will be interesting is to see the difference that it's made in these places, not having the tourism for a year and a half. Um, I obviously, when I go to these places, I won't be able to com compare and contrast to before and after, but I'll be able to talk to people and find out from them well, outside of the economic impact that I get that that's tough. But what, what are the positives? Like, what did you see? Like the air was cleaner, you know, the, there was more animals coming out of, of, of the, you know, their environment. And so I'm, I'm very curious very, very curious to see how to see how that goes. It's been a big week in my hometown in, in Glasgow or, or Paisley in Glasgow because it's COP26, huge international global convention there. And, and just to touch on what we were talking about before we went off to the break is the regenerative tourism, which is not easy to say. I wish they had picked another word, but that, now I'm going to have to say it a lot. Um, and I, you know, in a little bit of research that I've done, realized that, Glenn, you, you're at the forefront of this also. It's not just about sustainability and, you know, as is and, and keep it as is. It's about, look, 
We have to actually do more than that. We actually have to go beyond just as is and, and do our part. So t- tell us a little bit about what you guys are doing there. Well, we are have been involved with sustainable tourism, as it was called for over 20 something years. And as I mentioned earlier, we, we have this great certification process, which covers not only environmental factors, but also uh, socioeconomic involvement in the community, education and training, service to the client, many other areas. But the word sustain means really literally keep it as it is or keep it. And uh, we've passed that point now. Obviously, with uh, COP26 in Glasgow, we're seeing more evidence every day of the concerns, particularly for the younger generation, but also for all of us who have been involved with trying to preserve our planet for so long, that we can't just depend on sustaining anymore. We need to regenerate. So this word uh, has sort of uh, come to the surface, and rightly so. Um, I'm also a member of Regenerative Travel, which is a group of like-minded uh, hotels around the world that have a very strong and proactive uh, involvement in uh, responsible tourism on every level. Uh, and there are many other companies around the world who are using this term, or at least uh, the consciousness of regeneration in order to pursue uh, higher levels for their businesses and for the education of their clients. But, you know, Richard, uh, you were talking about uh, how things have changed uh, pre, uh, during the, the pandemic and afterwards. It's funny because I was just telling somebody the other day, outside the gate of my coffee farm, there's a woman who sells empanadas. And when the pandemic was on, nobody had any work. And I felt really bad for her. So every time I left the coffee field, I'd give her 500 colonias, which is like a dollar. Uh, and But I don't eat empanadas really. So I just gave her the 500 and said, you know, here, keep it up. And every day when I left, she was there and I gave her 500 uh, colonies and left. And after we started to get back on our feet, um, one day I had been traveling and I came back, she was out there and I came out and I put, gave her the 500 colonies for her empanada that I wasn't gonna eat. And I started to walk away and she said, "Uh, sir, um, I just, so you know, the price is now a thousand (laughs) colonies. You know, so I guess people are getting back on their feet. Uh, And it's interesting that in some ways, you know, the financial part of it is really uh, what people look for first and foremost. Well, when you talk about the the groups that you're involved in, Glenn, I'm I'm really I want to talk a little bit about this collaboration. And and you're talking about like minded people and how people are coming together and and really beginning to encourage innovation and and new practices. How how do these partnerships actually grow on this global level where this messaging is coming out to become something more mainstream? Well, you know, after the pandemic, of, uh, during the pandemic and afterwards, people are much more uh, aware now of their need to be bathed in nature and to understand it. And with all of the activity with COP26 and so many other events around the world trying to slow down the abuse of our planet, it's becoming a, a, a truly a global uh, a concern and effort. And I'm the chair of the Global Ecotourism Network, which is an umbrella organization for all of the ecotourism or responsible tourism uh, organizations around the world. We have six regional global areas you know, like North America, Latin America, Asia, et cetera. 
And uh, we, we're working together uh, through our cultural differences as well to try to educate uh, you know, people about why they should make their, their travel choices matter. But also uh, a lot of businesses need to be informed and educated and they can't be uh, sustainable nor regenerative unless they're financially sustainable. So we also have to offer solutions that are win-win. You, you, you can change the way you work and the way you see your business and at the same time, reduce your footprint and impact. And Richard, that's right up your alley because the places and the people that you uh, highlight with your show are in that same mindset. Yeah, absolutely. So that makes a big difference. Well, Glenn, give us a, a little idea for my listeners of something that we can do. You know, you have these large groups of business people and environmentalists around the globe, but what can we do, maybe just a, a personal something to make, to, to move it forward, to pay it forward? Well, I always like the idea that we offer solutions, as I just mentioned. So one of the things that you can do is look for products that actually have a, a lower impact and reduce your footprint and at the same time are financially positive. One of the things we do at our hotel, Finca Rosa Blanca, is we clean our water with an ionization system which uses copper and silver anodes to eliminate all the bacteria and algae in our pool. The cost per year, once it's set up for us to run that system is about $300 for a very large pool, over 30,000 gallons. And you can imagine with chlorine, that's you're talking about for a pool that size, maybe five or $6,000 a year easily just for chlorine. So I'm reducing the impact. There's no uh, effect to the uh, ozone layer because we don't use chlorine or any other chemicals. And we're doing a very good job at cleaning our pool, which makes it feel like you're swimming in a lake. So that's a, a great uh, idea. There's many, many like that that are win-win. Uh, heating your water with uh, solar panels. Uh, and there's so many innovators now and cre uh, creative business people out there that are doing things that are amazing. If you have the, the desire and the need, you, you can really make a difference. And uh, it's good for your uh, wallet as well. Well, that all sounds wonderful. And... I really can't thank you enough for, for being here on Speaking of Travel today and, and helping us get a little better tuned in to some of this terminology, some of the things that we can do. And I want to make sure that we have your website, Glenn, so people can get in touch with you and, and see where you are and what you're doing there, which is, again, very innovative and sustainable. Sure. Thank you. Yes, our hotel is called Finca Rosa Blanca, uh, and it's fincarosablanca.com. And our coffee is caferosablanca.com. So you can uh, go to both those sites and also see a lot about what we're doing to uh, try to improve our uh, impact on the planet and how we're trying to help communities to steer themselves in the right direction. Well, thank you so much. And, and Ricky, thank you so much for bringing Glenn on board our series and introducing him to, to everybody out there. 
Yeah, that no problem. You know, just just before we go, Marilyn, is one thing I read a, a statement this week which had a huge huge impact on me because I think when it comes to zero waste and sustainability, a lot of people feel like it's a big weight on their shoulders and they don't, you know, they they don't do it right. Therefore, they might not even do it at all. So I read a statement that says we don't need a handful of people doing zero waste perfectly. We need millions of people doing it imperfectly. So that makes a difference. It it stuck with me. So I just wanted I wanted to finish with that today. Well, thank you. That does make a big difference. Well, Ricky, thank you. And Glenn, thank you. Costa Rica is on our wavelength, definitely for Richard. And I know that I'm going to I've never been to Costa Rica. I mean, oh, you have to come. I have to come. What can I say? And Richard used to be saying I'm coming (laughs) just. So, yes, thank you both so much for being on Speaking of Travel. And and I want to remind everybody that there are so many ways we can make changes to lead a more sustainable travel experience. So as you set out to travel, be thinking about that. And there are some wonderful resources that you can tune into. Well, here's a really cool idea if you're wanting to really get to know the city you're visiting. Coming up next is Katrina Addison Sky Evans of Asheville Urban Photo Tours. She's going to show you how you can experience all the amazing places only the locals might know about for some really special photo ops that let you be the star of the show. So stay tuned. Fall in North Carolina's Blue Ridge Mountains is the perfect time to get out and explore. With all the natural wonders and beautiful vistas, now is the time to create your perfect vacation or staycation in the land of the sky. With the region's most popular online travel guide, not just for couples, RomanticAsheville.com Travel Guide covers a nearly 100-mile radius in and around Asheville, North Carolina. With idyllic weather, beautiful scenery, and a variety of safe and memorable adventures, Western North Carolina is the place to be. Visit RomanticAsheville.com today. Hi, this is Kay. At Asheville Rooftop Bar Tours, we put you in the middle of experiencing Asheville like no one else can. With an expert guide by your side, you'll have an all-access pass to what makes Asheville so unique. Our sense of place, history, and awe, along with great food and drinks and spectacular views. We follow safety protocols on every tour. Come experience why TripAdvisor awarded our company the 2020 Traveler's Choice Award, placing us in the top 10% of attractions worldwide. To learn more about us and our award-winning tours, visit AshevilleRooftopBarTours.com. Fly me to the moon, let me play among the stars, and let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars. In other words... Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. I'm your host, Marilyn Ball. I think we can all admit that I'm a big fan of local tours. There are so many reasons why I feel a local tour can help you discover a new city or town and really get under the surface to find those hidden gems. My guest today is Katrina Addison Sky Evans. She's the founder of Asheville Urban Photo Tours in Asheville, North Carolina. And Katrina's tours explore some of 
her favorite photo op locations, and then she creates some amazing photos so you can remember your visit and learn some really cool facts about the art of this great city we all call home. And I think that's really an awesome idea. And Katrina, thank you so much for being here on Speaking of Travel today. Thank you so much for having me. I really have been waiting and thinking about the time that I would have in chatting with you about this new venture that I've decided to take in downtown Asheville. Well, Katrina, it's really a a brilliant idea. I've been in Asheville a long time, and there are so many iconic uh, places that maybe just the locals know about. And here you are taking people out and letting them experience what we know kind of on the lowdown. Give us a little idea of where that love of the arts all started for you. Well, it really started for me in elementary school. I had a very quirky, amazing vibrant art and music teacher and um, I'll never forget the year that she um, became a part of the staff at my elementary school and I just remember when she walked in she herself looked like uh, just a beautiful painting and she had so much love for the arts and at that time in elementary school you had a good hour that was dedicated to the arts in in a classroom And um, so she encouraged me to learn how to play the guitar, um, and she brought out the artist in me, and I'll never forget her. So thankful she was a part of my life. And then to go out and travel yourself and get inspired in, in wanting to create something of your own, let's talk a little bit about that and how travel really had an influence for you in in that inspiration to want to be able to be of service and have something creative out there? Well, I have had the good fortune of being able to travel quite a bit. And even if the travel was just somewhere um, out my back door. So I actually was a mother who homeschooled her children. And every day, almost every day, we would go somewhere, even if it was just a 30-minute drive away. And so I, I taught my children how to explore right out their back door. And, but I've also had the opportunity to explore out West and abroad and growing up in Asheville, because I'm a native to Asheville, a lot of times you don't have the opportunity, whether it be financially, there were times in my life that I had money, didn't have a lot of money, but I always had this drive inside of myself as a creative person to go find some place that was inspirational and share that with someone else. And of course, it first starts at home and it started with my children. So, um, and then going on to college and having the opportunity to study art in college, that was a part of my curriculum. Um, I was always looking for those places that I could explore just as a person myself that would inspire me to do art, whether it was music or painting or photography, clay work, whatever the muse was, that was something I was always interested in and could not imagine my life without it, actually. Well, you've been able to transition that into uh, into so many different things and being so diverse and and have a lot of opportunities to be creative. And I love this idea of you being a photographer and an artist and 
having this love of being able to capture people who are experiencing new places, it's kind of like seeing something for the first time out of a, a child's eyes, and you get to capture that. It's really a great idea. Tell us a little bit about these tours. Um, so Asheville Urban Art Photo Tours um, actually became uh, a reality in my mind, even before I was able to sit down and put a business plan together, uh, just through uh, experiencing some tours in some other cities myself. So, and then I brought that concept. At one point, I had a uh, an art gallery down in the River Arts District called Soul House Arts. And even then, I was finding myself going outside in the River Arts District as I was starting to watch everything blossom down there and all these urban artists come in and start doing um, their artwork. Um, I would go out and take photos. So I was in Nashville, Tennessee. I took an art tour myself and came back home and just had the idea that was brought on through the inspiration of another photographer, to be honest with you. And I started doing some research and discovered that nobody was doing it in, in Asheville. There were a lot of photographers doing tours up to the Blue Ridge Parkway. And as a photographer, I do a lot of elopement photography up on the Blue Ridge, but I love downtown and I love the River Arts District and I love West Asheville. So I just started doing some tours myself, walking around, doing something just by myself, taking photos. And I thought, oh my goodness, this is such a great backdrop. Um, why are people not capturing our urban backdrop more? And that's how the tour started. What a great idea. And again, I, you know, I, it's no secret, I'm a big fan of, of local tours. I think being with people who are from the area, who know the area, you're new to the area, and it's always, regardless of how you do it, being able to see what local people are seeing and get an idea of the history is such a great way to begin any kind of trip or vacation. And you're able to do that and know where these places are, because in Asheville, as in many places, they're not just advertise like come here for a photo op. So you get to take people around to your favorite places and and capture them in these iconic places that are colorful. And then you send them these pictures. So it's really like one stop, a one stop shop there. Yes. Well, if you think about it, you know, um, growing growing up in Asheville. And well, let me go back to just say this. Anytime I travel, I go and find the local place, the, the local diner. Um, I love to go antiquing and I love going into art galleries myself. And I go right to the local artist in that city. And I, I, I start asking questions and I want to know what do I need to be looking at and exploring and the places that I need to be visiting. So it's the same in Asheville. Um, and there are so many great entrepreneurs that are already doing that, that are letting people know, hey, you need to be taking a look at this or experience this while you're in the area. But a lot of times when people travel, they really have no idea where to even start. Um, and of course, there's some great platforms on the internet now, um, like Romantic Asheville, that gives people an opportunity to just scan through and see what's happening in that area. If they're not out looking for the local person like I do, they don't really know to do that. Asheville itself has such diversity and is such a colorful city that I think it's just a great starting point 
by taking a tour, whatever the tour is, to be able to experience that place that you're visiting. Well, you do it so beautifully too, Katrina. I I love going on your website and just kind of perusing the photos because people are having so much fun and they're they're their star, you know, they're the star of the show. It's like they become rock stars because you're there doing something for them that they would not even, you know, people take out their cell phones, they're going to do a selfie, but these are really beautiful pictures. Tell us how we can get more information. Well, you can definitely visit my website, Asheville Urban Art Photo Tours. Um, And I'm really glad that you brought that point up as we're closing out. This really is an opportunity. Professional photography is very expensive. And for the cost of the tour, you're getting the tour, some beautiful information about some of the uh, urban artists in our area. A portion of uh, of your ticket goes to supporting the local arts. Um, and giving back to the community. I'm really big about that. But then you walk away with about 25 to 30 uh, professional photos, which for $75 is unheard of. That is, You would typically pay about $450 in our area for a one-hour photo shoot. So no, it's a great opportunity. No doubt, Katrina. That is, that is just fabulous. And I can't thank you enough for, for sharing all of that. I want to come out and take the tour myself and Definitely, when I have company, bring them because we always end up with pictures that are fun. But to have those professional photos, especially if you're in a a wedding party or you've got a family reunion, and uh, it's it's just a great concept. Thank you so much for being here with us today. You're very welcome. And I would encourage anyone that's listening, family reunions, bachelorette parties, just a friendship weekend. Even if you're a local and you just, I've had some local people book that just want to get family photos or a couple shoot. This is a great way to explore the area, get some really cool, colorful photos and learn more about the art scene in Asheville, North Carolina. Well, Katrina, thank you so much. It's certainly been a pleasure having you on the show, and thank you for supporting Romantic Asheville, and we'll look forward to seeing you out on the street. Definitely. Thank you so much, Marilyn, for having me. I look forward to growing this business and being a part of the vibrant art scene of Asheville. Well, I am so excited that Katrina is doing something she's passionate about and and providing something for us here in Asheville that is different, unique, and special. Well, you know, it's certainly been a while since many of us have been on an airplane. And I venture to say there are a lot of people out there on a plane for the very first time. And the airports right now have so many changing updates. So if you're planning on flying out anytime soon, it's a good idea to find out what's new and happening today so you're able to breeze through with confidence and excitement. Well, here to give us some updates in this ever-changing world and what you'll want to know to expect at the Asheville Regional Airport is Tina Kinsey, Director of Marketing, PR, and Air Service Development. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. It's crisp, it's clean, it's cool, and it's here. Fall is in the air. While the brisk breeze billows through the kaleidoscope of colors cascading across the mountains, there is no better time to get out and explore the breathtaking beauty that our backyard has to offer. Adventure is the name of the game. What better to kick off in than a symmetrical all-wheel drive Subaru to take you through whatever terrain you wish to tackle? Adventure is waiting, and the choice is yours. Discover the beauty of all-wheel drive at Prestige Subaru, 585 Tunnel Road, Nashville, or visit us online at PrestigeSubaru.com. 
Fly me to the moon Let me play among the stars And let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars In other words Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. I'm your host, Marilyn Ball. It certainly has been a while since many of us have flown, and I venture to say there are a lot of people venturing out right now on a plane for the very first time. And all airports right now have many ever-changing updates. So if you're planning on flying out anytime soon, it's best to find out what's new and happening today so you're able to breeze through with confidence and excitement. And here to give us some updates in this ever-changing world and what you're going to want to know and expect when you get to the airport is Tina Kinsey, the Director of Marketing, PR, and Air Service Development at the Asheville Regional Airport. And Tina, thank you so much for being here on Speaking of Travel. It's always a pleasure, Marilyn. Well, Tina, we have spoken many times about what is changing, and it seems like every time we do talk about it, there's something new to know. So I thought it would be a good idea for people who are traveling through the Asheville Regional Airport to get an update on what's going on over there. Well, sure. So I won't go into lots of detail about all the safety measures. We've talked about that so many times, and it's it's just second nature to all of us now, I think, when you go anywhere. But the mask mandates that have been lifted all around the country are not lifted in airports. So that's the thing for people who have not flown recently to know. You have to wear a mask when you enter the airport until you exit the next airport at your destination. So, you know, it's a it can be a long time wearing a mask. Uh, but so just be prepared for that. You know, I think that's one of the things to keep in mind. Another thing to keep in mind is as people come back to travel, most of them are leisure travelers. Often leisure travelers are not frequent travelers. And so when they come to check in, a lot of times they'll have a lot more luggage than a business traveler. They may not be quite as savvy, so it takes them longer to process through the ticket counter check-in process and through TSA So plan for some lines, plan time ahead. We have always said arrive two hours before your flight for a domestic flight and three hours ahead for international. And that's still a really solid, good rule. And I guess my advice at this point is don't, don't wiggle on that, you know, two, two hours, that's the rule and come a little ahead of that. If you, if you need a little more time. One thing I think people also need to be aware of is in markets like ours, there are a lot of people on the road in growing markets, you know, outside of the airport. You're seeing a lot of construction, a lot of road construction. It's a great idea to check to see traffic delays may be happening in your area on the main thoroughfares to the airport because we do have people who miss their flights because they get stuck in in traffic they were not expecting. So, you know, that's something to keep in mind. So, you know, those are a few high-level things. And then one other thing I wanted to mention is that U.S. opened 
our borders for international travelers very, very recently. And that's going to change things too, because you're going to see those international travelers coming to our airports and people, uh, you know, international travel going out is also increasing. So that means even more time, perhaps, of going through security and and all of that, especially that tip on on the traffic, because I don't I don't think anywhere in the United States at any airport is there not going to be a lot of cars on the road. So and the airlines and the airport are not we're not at fault if someone misses a flight because they were stuck in traffic. You know, airlines are not going to hold a flight. It seems that people need to be very responsible travelers these days, that they need to take the due diligence to really do some homework ahead of time to make sure that all of these things are are tuned in, that they're tuned in. But let me ask you this, Tina, when, you know, we've been through so many changes at airports over the last going on two years now, 18 months, 19 months, where can people, like, what's the protocol now as far as the airport being open? Can people actually come inside and and bring people inside or pick up people inside? Yeah, great question. Many airports, including Asheville Regional Airport, implemented policies where we were asking only travelers to enter and for meters and greeters to wait in their cars. We have lifted that regulation at the airport. So uh, anyone can come in the airport at this time. We, we do ask you to still socially distance and wear your mask, of course, and just do all the things that we now do that are a part of everyday post-pandemic life or mid-pandemic life. So we are getting back to a more normal place. Lots and lots and lots of people are traveling. And I'm, I'm really glad to see that because the airline industry was um, first and, you know, they were front of um, they were leaders in setting uh, safety and health standards and really communicating uh, how safe it is to be on an airplane. The air quality is very safe. And then lots of additional cleaning protocols have been put in place that still remain to this day. So we've proven that you can fly with the right precautions in place and, it, and it's a very uh, safe place to be. Well, people can go back to March 2020 and listen to Speaking of Travel and our segments as they began, Tina, when we were first talking about what was going to have to change for the airport as this situation was was going down. And every week we were able to uh, fill in what was happening and just to hear what y'all had to do as far as getting all of the safety and health and these protocols in place, because we did talk about it every week, we can look back now and see that there was there was a, a consistency to this. There was no time to take a break or pause and keeping that all going. And here we are now where those are protocols that are all really in place and probably will be in place for years to come. That's right. That's right. And you know, that's, that's how you move forward successfully. You learn what works and what is important. And those things remain. So you know, that's a silver lining out of all of this. Well, what's open over there now, Tina? We, we, we know that people can come inside. What is open? What can people do? 
Sure. So at the airport here, we do not have any concessions open on what we call land side. And that's where the meters and greeters wait. But once you go through security, we do have a restaurant there, the Blue Ridge Tavern and um, Cinnabon and Auntie Anne's that are open. And the retail shop is open. And I have been traveling lately for business. And I've been through several of the major hubs. And I'm noticing that more and more concessions are open, more normal hours, you know, for a while, a lot of them had reduced hours. But, um, you know, I'm seeing things return to uh, a more normal level. Well, we're we're very grateful for that and and look forward to what's happening down the road as we get into 2022. I think more and more people are going to be out there. And I would say, too, just kind of as an aside, but the merchandise there that you sell, that the, the vendors sell there at the airport is so great that if you are traveling and it's getting to be the holiday season, you might want to take a little bit of time and just peruse through there and see what you can get for your friends and family right from the Asheville Regional Airport, right? Oh, yeah. It's fun, local stuff. So just really, you're exactly right. I actually do some of my holiday shopping right downstairs. Well, one-stop shop, that's what I like. So, Tina, how can people get more information about the airport? And and I know that there's a lot of information there on your website. Yes. So that's really the best place to go, flyavl.com. And you can find all different to connect with us um, if you prefer social media. We've got links to all of our different channels there. And you can also sign up for our monthly e-newsletter right on, right there on the homepage of our website. The window seat. That's right. That's right. Well, I'm looking forward to actually being in a window seat, hopefully sooner than later, Tina. And I'll look forward to seeing you over there at the Asheville Regional Airport. Great. Well, we'll look forward to welcoming you. Well, thanks, Tina. And thanks to Richard and Glenn and Katrina for being on Speaking of Travel this week. You know, when the pandemic first became a reality back in 2020, many people delayed their trips for a while, thinking it wouldn't be long before they were out and about again. Well, fast forward, and for many of us, travel is still that one thing we're longing to have back in our lives. There are many ways to keep that dream alive, and that's by making your plans. I talk about planning a lot on Speaking of Travel for a reason— Planning for future travel keeps us mentally alive and excited for the future. If you want to travel in 2022, get started now. People are feeling more comfortable with travel as restrictions are lifted and more people are starting to get vaccinated. So prices are going to go up. Planning now will help you secure your costs and dates and put you ahead of the crowd. And you can take advantage of some really great deals. And you know you want to. You're so ready and planning for your future travel. And that is the best way to reward yourself for all you've been through these last 18 months or more. Now is the time to have your travel plans ready. So when 2022 comes around, you'll be so glad you already have reservations. Get your mental health boost before you even take off on your next adventure by planning now. Because remember, life is short. Don't postpone joy. 